This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. For even though you walk through the darkest valley and in the shadow of death, fear no evil, for I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God goes with you. For if you belong to the world, it would have loved you as its own. But as it is, you do not belong to the world. For this time I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. For in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Good morning. Welcome to our online service. I'm Chaplain Amy Bauman, and I am so glad that you're choosing to join us today. I believe that there is something that the Lord wants you to hear. This is a very timely message for us all as we are right in the middle of the Real Truth series, Real Truth for the Real World. And today we're going to be talking about something that all of us face, all of us Uh, struggle with at times, especially today as we look at the brokenness of this world. We're going to be talking about fear and how we as believers can let go of fear and stand confident in the peace of Jesus Christ. So I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Also want to do a very special welcome and a shout out to our friends, brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. We are praying for you. We are standing with you, unifying our faith and believing in God's protection and provision for you today. So thank you so much for being here and for joining us. Lots of things to talk about today, lots of things to go over. But before we do, let's start with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you that your mercies are new each morning and we celebrate that today and we stand on the promises of your word. You are such a faithful God and we are going to continue to lift you up in prayer, lift you up in praise and thanksgiving and trust and believe in your promises and in your word. And so today I just pray that Holy Spirit, you will come into this place, that you will ignite in us this spirit of peace and that we will no longer be afraid as we face the challenges of this world. I pray that you will open up our hearts and our ears for exactly what it is that you have for us today, and that I will speak your truth with love. We love you and praise you, and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was younger, growing up, I used to be afraid of the dark. I used to hide under the covers in my, 
in my bedroom, in my bed, and I would think that there was something in my closet. I was confident that there was something under my bed just lurking there, ready to get me. And my heart would race and my palms would sweat and I would pull my covers up high over my head and I would, I would wait it out. Eventually, I would fall asleep. But when I look back over my childhood, there never really was anything in my closet. And there definitely wasn't anything under my bed. And I'll never get those moments back when I was afraid, when I was worrying, when I was laying there at night, hearing my breath, waiting for something to jump out of the closet. But today, today, no matter where you look in the world, there is something that we could all be afraid of. The news is filled with war, bad weather, political unrest, sickness, death, and the list goes on and on. And then there are all of the unknowns that we face every day, worrying about financial, health, family, our future. So how do we live without fear? How do we focus on what's true and not worrying about what's under the bed or what's going to be coming out of the closet? If we look to our truth, which is God's word, Jesus tells us in John 14, 27, peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. So to live without fear we would need to let go of the fear that we're hanging on to and hold on to the peace of Jesus Christ. So today, we're going to look at what fear actually is and how to let go of it and how to trust the one who is promising us this peace and if we're willing to open up that hand and, and grab on to what Jesus offers us each day. So what is fear? Fear is a real emotion. And just like all our other human emotions that we experience while we live here, I believe this emotion comes from God. But like anything else, we need to understand what fear is why it is necessary, and we need to keep it in check in our lives. So why would God give us this emotion of fear when it's something that we all struggle with, that, that we all are working at conquering this emotion? Well, the difference is be between the kind of fear that the Bible talks about and the kind of fear that we experience in our daily lives. Predominantly in the Bible, fear is discussed over and over again as the fear of the Lord. Let's take a look. 
Bible verses like Psalm 33, 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. And Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. Now, what does this mean? The Bible does not encourage us to fear God as we would the pandemic, as we would a war, as we would the struggles that we have in our life. The kind of fear the Bible is describing is reverence, honor, respect, and exaltation. I came across this blog, <coughs> excuse me, written by Katherine Albig. She writes for Active Christianity, and she writes this. To fear God is to have the proper reverence and awe of him. So we do whatever is required of us to serve him. And there's biblical backing, backing to this. You can write down Psalm 89.7 and Hebrews 12.28-29. through 29. We can also look at to fear God is to stand before his face and all we do to be pleasing to him without allowing ourselves to be influenced by wanting the good opinion of people. Write down 1 Peter 24, 24. <clears throat> to fear God is to know that we don't give account to anyone but God for our actions. I don't know how many times I was more worried and more fearful of what other people think of me than, than what God himself thinks of me. And I was striving and trying to do things to please these people. And a lot of times it was outside of the will of God, what he wanted for me in my life. Yet I was determined and in a fear driven way to please those people. How many times are we afraid for the wrong reasons and we're looking at pleasing others instead of pleasing God? To fear God is to fear to act against his will. So many times that's countercultural. We are working and living to please people and not to please God, as I just said. To fear the designer who created us with our actions. This will make sure that we act righteously and with love and goodness to our fellow man. Again, how often are we looking at people to serve people and not serving God and not serving God the way he calls us to serve our fellow man with love and respect and honor. Also to fear to take the weight and importance of what God has called us to and the ministry has, he has given us 
to take that lightly. I've been commissioned to preach and speak and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I do not take that ministry lightly. I, I, I will never want to take it lightly and the responsibility that I've been giving to make sure that I preach not my word, not my opinions, but God's truth. And I think in doing that, right, when we look to ourselves so often and we're trying to do what we think is right, what we believe, and acting in our own strength, we, we tend to put God in a box. We tend to put him in a box and we leave him in that box until we run stuck, until we've exhausted all of our plans, all of our schemes, all of the things that we have tried. And then when we sit here and we have tried everything we can and nothing's worked, then we bring the box out. Then we pull God out and we cry out to him and we say, Lord, fix this because I've tried and I can't. And in doing that, there is no reverence for God. There is no awe-inspiring exaltation. There is no fear of the Lord. So instead of fearing the one thing that we should all be fearing, which is the Lord, in reverence, in awe and exaltation, in believing in who he is and how great he is, the enemy of our soul has us fearing everything else. And we're walking around in this fear every day. We talked last week when we looked at the battle, this battle that we face every day, not against the physical things we see, but against the spiritual forces of the enemy, we need to understand that fear is part of that battle. That fear is something that the enemy wants us to experience. And to understand what fear is, we need to let go of the fears from the enemy and we need to hold on to the fear of the Lord and live our lives in constant reverence for who he is and what he's done. So what are some of the fears from the enemy that we are all experiencing today? Well, if we break down the word fear, it's an acronym. Each letter of fear stands for something. False evidence appearing real. Fear. When I was a child under the covers in my bedroom, afraid of the monster in my closet, that was false. There, there was no monster in the closet. There was nothing under my bed. How many times in my life have I believed those lies from the enemy, those false evidences, and believed them and was afraid? Afraid to move forward. 
afraid to step out, afraid to do the, the thing that the Lord was calling me to do. Fear paralyzes us. Fear stops us from doing that thing that we need to do. Fear keeps us stuck in our homes. Fear keeps us stuck on the couch, afraid to step out into our life. Fear is a tool the enemy uses to stop us dead in our tracks. Because when he's got us afraid, he's got us stalled in our life. And we're not going to do anything. We're just going to stay still, stuck in the fear and, and not moving forward. And when we think about God, God is always working. He's always moving. He's always making a way. So if we're stalled, stuck, that's not of God. That is of the enemy. Fear is a tool he uses to stop us dead in our tracks. And why do we know that it's of the enemy? Because there is no fear in love. And God is love. The Bible tells us 365 times, do not fear. Now, if God were going to go to all that effort, it's almost like he knew we would struggle with fear and we would need something to grab onto every single day. 365 times. It's like the Lord knew that we would come against this emotion and that we would need encouraging words from him. So besides being in God's word and reading his truth and standing on those 365 declarations, do not fear. What are some other things that we can do as believers to navigate in this troubled world? Well, I want to give you five things to focus on today. Five things that you can grab onto and maybe put as sticky notes on your heart to remember to do not fear. Number one, we have to take one day at a time, one step at a time. Things can change so quickly today in this world. And when we try to make plans for things, and then those plans change in, in the flesh, right? We struggle. We now struggle with disappointment. And it adds to this emotional roller coaster that we're all experiencing as we're trying to operate with all of these things that are coming to us each day. Now, I know it's challenging because I like to plan I like to plan what's going on today, next week, next month. You know, we plan trips. We plan events with our family. We have work things we plan. We have meetings and appointments and all the things that we like to plan on. And in that planning, we have this sense of control. We're controlling our schedule. Therefore, our world is controlled and, and we can understand what's happening every day. I get it. But 
when things change as quickly as they do and our plans change and we become disappointed and we become fearful and afraid of what's going to happen next week and now this is all messed up and now I can't go here and now I can't travel here and what's going to happen then? We don't know what's going to happen next week or how things could turn around and change again. And so if we are holding so tightly to our plan, And in that, we're holding on to the fear of change and this idea that we have control. We need to surrender that. We we need to uh, trust that the Lord is, is going to help us with what we need one step at a time, one day at a time. Which leads us to number two. We need to surrender. We need to surrender to God. And when we surrender, when we surrender, we're saying out loud, Lord, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't understand everything, but I trust in you. I trust in your faithfulness. I trust in what your word says. And I am standing on your promises and I'm going to believe that you are faithful. We have to surrender to God and trust in his word alone. And if you're struggling to believe that today in in God's faithfulness, well, I would encourage you to take an inventory of your life. Maybe look back over the last couple of years and I'll tell you that you will find that God was faithful each step of the way and that he did not forget you he did not forsake you and that he was walking with you god does not work on commission nor is he a percentage-based god no he's faithful 100 percent of the time and I, I have to do this sometimes. I have to look back when I'm facing something that I am fearful of and look back. And he reminds me, Amy, I was, I was here with you here and I, and I helped you through this and I walked with you through this. This thing that's in front of you right now, I'm holding your hand. I'm, I'm going to help you walk right through that and bring you to the other side because I'm faithful and he's been faithful to you as well. Number three, while, while we're saying out loud, right, that I trust you, that I underst- I don't understand this, but I trust you and I believe in you, we have to look at what else are we saying out loud. We have to remember that we are created in God's image and that we have a creative spirit. And just like what God did with his creative spirit, he spoke the world into existence. We have a creative spirit too, just like God. And what are we speaking over our situations and our families? Are we saying out loud that we're afraid? Are we saying out loud that we're discouraged? Are we saying out loud that we have no idea 
how this situation is going to be fixed and we're afraid and we're fearful and we just we don't get it we don't understand because if we are saying those things out loud we're not giving glory to god we're giving glory to the enemy who's causing all of this ruckus right now in our lives we want to make sure that we are saying life affirming life giving god's word over our situations and ourselves and our families and our communities and our world and that we're not giving the enemy glory or any room in our lives to work and to move we need to be saying out loud what we believe in that we believe in God's word and we believe in his truth it's very important what we are decreeing and declaring over our lives. Number four, we have to remember, and this is very important, that we can always return, right? The devil's goal is to take us off the path that God has planned for us and distract us from who we truly are. And he'll use whatever means necessary to distract us. And a big way is fear. So when we get to the end of our day, and we're, we're taking a look back over the course of the day, and we look back and say, I could have done that a lot better. I could have done that a lot better. I spent three hours watching TV and was so afraid. I yelled at my husband. I yelled at my wife, I yelled at my kids, I felt guilty about worrying, and so on, right? And what we can do is we can remember that tomorrow is a new day, that his mercies are new each morning, that we can return, that we can do it all over again, hopefully, prayerfully doing it better than we did today. We can spend time with God. We can ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and peace. We can watch less television that makes us fearful. And we cannot let the enemy spend the next 22 hours beating us up over all the things that we did wrong. Because that's what he does. Right? He beats us up and tells us all the things that we did wrong and looks at all of the regret that we have in our life. He gives us things to be afraid of. He lies to us. He takes us off the path that God has for us. And then when he's done all of that, right, the nail on the coffin is that he starts telling you, you're not a Jesus follower. Look at how you messed up that day. God doesn't love you. He doesn't have time for you. He's not big enough to fix your problems. You should be very afraid. And the cycle continues and we wake up each day battling this enemy that we don't know or recognize, believing all of the lies, stuck in fear, paralyzed in our homes, believing that God isn't big enough, 
And when we're to that point in our lives, the enemy is winning. And let me just tell you today that I've been there and I've experienced that, but no more. And finally, number five. We talked last week about the importance of putting on that full armor of God. And I hope you've been doing that over the last week. I hope you've been suiting up and doing all of that. But most importantly, besides putting on the full armor, is we need to bathe it all in prayer. Are we forgetting the power of prayer? When we pray, we are entering the throne room of God. By faith, we are submitting our prayers and requests to the Lord, to our Father, in Jesus' name, and we're trusting and believing in His promises. Promises like, by His stripes, we are healed. Promises of life and to the fullest. Promises that when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Promises like no weapon formed against us shall prosper. There is power in prayer, my friends, and we need to be submitting our requests to our Father in heaven in Jesus' name and standing confident that he hears us. And that he wants to give us those things when they align with his word. Faith that what his word is saying is true. And that God's word is God's will. When I think about fear today, it's the opposite of peace. When I'm afraid, I'm anxious, and I'm filled with fear and unrest. But when I have peace, I'm calm, I'm centered, and I, I really, I just, I feel free in that moment, right? I'm not weighted down by all of these other emotions, all of these other things that, that come at us in this world. And we need to remember that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's royalty. He knows it all. He's the one. He's the go-to. He's who you have to go to for your peace. He's going to give it to you. And while he is the Prince of Peace, he came to destroy the works of the enemy. We have to remember, what are the devils, what is he trying to do to all of us? What's, what are his goals? What does he want to give us each day? Well, the devil brings discord, disunity, dis-ease. But with Jesus, peace is the opposite of all of those things. Peace is establishing, re-establishing at times, God's order. And when we think about what Jesus did on the cross, he not only bore our sin so that we could have everlasting life and forgiveness of sins, 
He bore our disease. He bore our poverty. He bore our sickness and oppression on his own body so that we could be free. So that when he rose again victorious over the grave, that released the power of peace so that we could grab onto that and live in that peace every single day. And we can claim that peace for our own lives, no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening at your workplace, no matter what's happening at home, no matter what's happening in your community, you can claim that peace that Jesus created for us. So to, to let go of fear and claim the peace that Jesus promises us. We need to align our lives with the word of God. We need to be doing what those red letters tell us and living the way God has designed for us to live in his perfect word. We need to recognize that peace is shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken wholeness in the spirit, soul, and body. We need to remember that we can live in this broken world with God's perfect peace, his shalom, no matter what's happening. And we can claim that peace over our lives, over our families, over our communities, over the world, and bring heaven here to earth. And when we claim this truth, we can fight against the enemy and we can win every single time because we're claiming that peace for ourselves. When we let go of fear, we are opening up our clenched hand and surrendering to Jesus and saying, I trust you. I surrender my situation. I surrender everything and I trust in you alone. When we do that, we are believing in his word. We are believing that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world, the enemy, the devil. Dr. Philip Rich, the author of Revelation of Peace, it's an amazing book if you ever get a chance to read it, and he writes this. Peace is a force that is a life-changing, transforming power. The devil can't mess with peace. He has to get you out of it before he can do anything to you. Think about that for a second. He has to get you out of peace before he can do anything to you. If you are in peace, he can't touch you. He can throw a storm all around you and it won't affect you. He can hit you with his best shot and you will walk right through it just like the Hebrew children did and the fiery furnace. You won't even smell smoke on you. You won't even 
smell the danger. You will be in the lion's den, curling up, sleeping with the lions. That puts it in perspective, right? The power of Jesus Christ over the enemy. And when we claim that peace for ourselves, no matter what's happening around us, we can stay at peace. We can live in that peace each moment, each step. And if you are looking for this kind of peace today in your life, then it's time to reclaim your rightful authority in Jesus Christ as the son or the daughter of the Most High King and recognize that everything Jesus did on the cross gives us this ability to have that same kind of peace in our lives. He did the work. It is finished were the words that Jesus said as he was taking his last breath. It is finished. We can have that peace today. He demolished the works of the devil. We can have that kind of life. All we have to do is receive it. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, there are so many things happening today in this world. So much disunity, so much disease, so much brokenness. And we know why. We know this is the consequences of sin. Years and years, generation after generation of people turning away from you, Lord, and living for themselves. And in that, making those choices and making those decisions and living for other people instead of living for you. And we come to you today, corporately, repenting of our sins. Help us to return to you. Help us to focus our eyes on you. Help us to live one day at a time, one step at a time, aligning our lives with your word and your truth. You tell us, Lord, that if we repent, that you will give us peace, that you will heal our land. And we pray that today for every person, no matter where they are in the world, Lord, that you will heal us, that you will hear, heal our lands, that we will return to you. We give you all the praise and the glory. We come to you with exaltation and in fear of the Lord, believing that you are who you say you are. We trust and believe in your plan for us in our future and where we're going and in the waiting, Lord, while we're waiting for your return, we pray that you will give us peace, that you will strengthen us and equip us to take one step at a time, holding your hand. And we're surrendering our will to you, Lord, and letting you work and move as only you can. Thank you for today. Thank you for this time. I thank you for each person watching, each person listening. And I just pray that you will meet them exactly where they are and to help them, Lord. 
let go of fear and grab onto your perfect peace. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to end today with a song that we had last week. And it's, I raise a hallelujah. We're going to close out today with that song. Grab onto those words. Remember that our praise and, and the praise and exaltation that we lift up to the Lord defeats the enemy every single time. He hates it when we, when we thank the Lord, when we praise the Lord. Let's do that today. Let's close out praising our Lord, lifting up our voices, our hallelujahs, and claiming his perfect peace. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed.
so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.